Hey everybody, welcome to Renewing the Center. It is so good to be back with you. Today we're going to be looking at uh, the first verses in Genesis 15. Uh, moving on through the story of Genesis as we look for redemption. Uh, gosh, I think in my own life right now, uh, my wife and I were talking about this just the other day, you know, it, it's hard work to look for redemptive threads in the middle of all the messiness of life. And yet, that's our job. Uh, that's what we're called to do. We're called to live life, to be present in reality, and yet have an eye for redemption because God is working renewal and redemption uh, all the way through the story of our lives. And I think Genesis gives us such a beautiful look at that, at the messiness and the threads. So without further ado, we're going to read in Genesis 15, and then I'm going to say a prayer welcoming the awareness of God's presence, and then we're just going to see what we can see in this passage. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless. And the heir of my house is Elizar of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no offspring. And so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to count them. And then he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. And then he said, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, Abram, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? And he said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat, three years old, a ram, three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he brought him all of these and cut them into two, laying each half over against the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. And when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. As sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and a deep and terrifying darkness descended upon him. And then the Lord said to Abram, Know this for certain, that your offspring shall be aliens in a land that is not theirs. And shall be slaves there, and they shall be oppressed for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. It's like this echo in the, into the future of the Exodus, which we'll probably get to in this podcast. As for yourself, you shall go to your ancestors in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying to your descendants, I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I pray for all of us, Lord, for uh, me to have ears to hear even as I walk through this teaching and for everyone who's tuned in wherever they are uh, listening to this podcast, we just ask you, Holy Spirit, to be present, to make us aware of your presence, God, as we seek to look for renewal and redemption in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So there's a lot here to cover, Eight, 18 verses I just read, and I'm, I'm going to walk through uh, as quickly as I can just because I want to honor your time listening to this podcast. I, I don't take it for granted that you're tuning in wherever you are. So God says to Abram, don't be afraid. I am your shield and your reward will be and shall be very great. 
So at the very beginning of this passage, there's a command. The Lord looks at Abram, who uh, has already heard about the promise. He's already heard this. You, if you were with us a few episodes ago in Genesis 12, God said, out of your offspring, I'm going to bless the whole world. Uh, the, the, the Jesus promise enters into the Bible. God is now reaffirming that promise here in Genesis 15, but he begins now with a command, do not fear. And then he reminds Abram, the reason why I'm asking you not to fear, I'm telling you not to fear, he reminds him because I am your shield, I'm your protector, your defender. And I love that because here you see that Abram is afraid. He has every reason to be afraid, and we're going to see that. Um, he's actually going to make more messes. Uh, the the story's not over in terms of the messiness. But here the Lord says, I am commanding you to turn your back on fear because I am your shield. He's saying, I'm not asking you, Abram, to obey me just in your own strength. I am your shield. And then he makes a promise. He says, your reward shall be great. So here at the very beginning of Genesis 15, we see a command do not fear, a reminder, I am your shield, and a promise, your reward shall be great. Abraham will become, Abram will become Abraham, and Abraham will become the father of a great nation, but for now, he can't see it. And I think this is where our stories can intersect with Abram's story. Now, I've said this before, there are huge parts of Abram's story that are non-repeatable. He, he is Abraham, the father of, of many nations. So you're not the father or the mother of many nations. And yet, there are places where the Lord has promises that he has made to each and every one of us that we're unable to see. Uh, we're unable to even believe. And so Abram basically is hearing God tell him something he's really struggling to believe. And so what does he do? He pushes back. He says to God, I continue to be childless. Basically, he's saying to the Lord, like, you keep telling me that these future things are going to happen, but I still don't have any babies. And he says, a slave in my house is going to be my heir because Sarai and I have not made children. We don't have children. So what he's telling us there is that his current circumstance is overwhelming his ability to easily perceive the truth of God's promise. And I think this happens to us all the time. Our current circumstances obscure our ability to see things clearly and to believe things that God is saying to us. You have to hear this, y'all. God is stating what's going to happen. And Abraham is stating what is happening. And that's the way it goes. The Lord looks at you and me and our trial and tribulation and our difficulty and our scarcity, and he tells us what's going to happen. I have a future for you. I have a hope. There is a way through this. And oftentimes, all we can see is what is currently happening, but I'm childless. But my job has been taken from me. But this relationship is in turmoil or shambles. And so what does the Lord do? He moves Abram. And I want you to hear this. The passage in verse 5 actually says God brought Abram outside. So he took him from his tent inside and he brought him outside. He changes his uh, physical situation in order to show him new things. And so what does he do? He takes him outside. He moves him. And he says, look up and count the stars if you're able to count them. And then he says, so shall your descendants be. He takes him outside because I think he needs to have his imagination engaged and I think he needs to have his body engaged. 
Abram needs to move. And there are probably places in your own life right now to where it's time for you to move, to get up and change your situation, to change your scenery in order to see things through uh, in a new way and with a fresh perspective. And we're told right there, when God gets Abram outside, he kind of wakes him up and gets him moving, that Abram believes God. Uh, he responds to God's invitation, even though he's afraid and feeling a lot of uncertainty. And we're going to see, actually, in the next chapter, he makes a huge mess of things. But for now, he believes God. And believing in this context equals submission. He chooses to come under the hand of God. He chooses to submit to the authority of God, to move close to God, even as he's wrestling with uncertainty. And I just think that for many of us, as we are seeking renewal and redemption, the invitation is to believe. It's to move closer to God, even as we hold all of our questions, our doubts, and our fears, even as we sit in the reality of sin. And we're going to see this in Abram's story. He's not finished making a mess of things, but in this place, he believes. And God reminds Abram in this moment of belief that he's been with him all along, even when Abram was unaware of it. And this is so important because I think it's true for you and me. It's like the Lord is with us. And yet there are times in life where we are wrestling in such a way that we can't see it. We, we can't or struggle to believe it. Or maybe we only see or are aware of God's presence in these kind of intermittent moments. You know, it's almost like a, like a light bulb that's like half screwed in and it occasionally flickers on and then inexplicably it turns off. God says, I've been with you. And we know from the context in which we've been uh, sitting in, in, in these last weeks here on the podcast that Abram has been struggling with a ton of fear and a ton of grief. He was afraid of Pharaoh, so he pretended that his wife was his sister. Uh, he decided to part ways with his nephew Lot. Very complicated relationship, one that's only going to grow more complicated um, as time goes on with Lot and his journey. And this has got me to thinking about how difficult it is for us to believe that God is with us. Um, so Abram doubts, but he said, Lord God, how am I to know? Again, he's like, God, okay, how am I going to know that I'm going to possess this land? He's unsure even after connecting with God. And y'all, I think there's something here that's really important for us to, to sit with and, and, and hold as we even look at our own lives. You can have an encounter with God and yet still have tons of questions and doubts and fears and insecurities. We, some of us, have been taught erroneously, um, I think in a very dangerous way, that if you experience God, all your fears are going to go away. All your problems, all your doubts, all your insecurity, even your instinct towards sin is going to go away. And so then when we sin or we have further doubts or further insecurities, when we get back into a dark place, we wonder, well, maybe I didn't really... Maybe that wasn't God. Well, here we are for sure aware that Abram has encountered God, and yet he continues to say, really? How am I going to know? He's still asking questions because he's in a vulnerable spot. He's lacking confidence. He's, he's been ground down, and he's asking essentially for continual reassurance and encouragement. So what does God do? Does he give Abram a pep talk? Does he say, well, hold on, Abram, maybe you just didn't hear me. Let's go over it all again. Nope, that is not what he does. In the middle of Abram, experiencing God and continuing in his doubt, what does God invite Abram to do? He asks him to kill a bunch of animals. 
he invites him to make an elaborate offering to engage in sacrificial worship. And I love the visceral nature of it. I, I wouldn't want to do this myself. I mean, he's like killing goats and cows and birds and cutting them in half. And Except for the birds. They, they're too small, I guess. They don't get cut in half. So in his doubt, God says, I've encountered you. You've encountered me. And now I want you to engage in worship. I want you to offer to me worship in the middle of your uncertainty. And for many of you, that's exactly where you are. It's where I am. God says, I, I, I am with you. I affirm my promise to you. We say, yes, but. And then God says, worship me. Offer me sacrificial worship. And there's something in this for you and me. The very thing Abram probably didn't want to do is what God asked him to do. He says, I want you now to realize that you're not going to get talked out of your fear. You're going to worship your way through fear. Worship puts us in a place where God can reach us. The Lord speaks to Abram, but what he says is really hard to hear. Worship is not about escape. I mean, y'all... The Lord in a space of worship tells Abram, my promises are true, but there are dark days ahead. Your offspring are going to be residents in a land that is not theirs. They're going to be slaves. And we see right here the foreshadowing of the story of the Exodus. Egyptian bondage, oppression for 400 years. And it's important to note that this word from God about the future, about difficulty, comes within the context of worship. Abram is better suited to receive this challenging word while he is with God, while he is participating in worship. And I believe that the Lord is inviting you and me to offer him worship so that we will be able to receive and meet the future difficulties of life knowing that God was with us then. So he will be with us when we get to that future point. And we'll, we'll go there. I, I feel increasingly certain that I'm going to start walking through some of these Old Testament books here on the podcast. And I feel a sense of energy even as I think about the story of the Exodus. Because we're told there that when the children of Israel were languishing in slavery, that even there God heard and sent Moses. But for now, Abram has to choose to worship and to believe. My prayer for you, wherever you are and whatever it is that's going on in your life right now, is that you would hear in this complexity an invitation for you to hang in there and keep moving. Father, bless my friends. Give them wisdom. Give them courage and strength as they walk through this day. I pray, Lord, that you would use the redemptive arc of this story to help us understand our own stories. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll see you next time.